Father, I thank you for today. I thank you, Father, for the lives that you've changed in this place. For the lives you've put back together. I thank you, Father, that they're all precious to you. I thank you for the little children this morning. Some little kids running around the place like they, this is their home. I thank you for them. I thank you for the young people. But this morning, Lord God, our hearts turn to those that are on the outside who don't really know you and are very lost. They're the reason that you came into this earth. Father, this morning I thank you for our visitors, our guests, and we honour them and thank you for them. Lord, open up the future for us. Help us to see what you see. Help us to understand like you understand. Help us to love like you love. Help us to put things back together the way you put things back together. Because Lord, you do a beautiful job when you do it. In Jesus' name. Amen. The message this morning, I just wanted to speak, you know, uh, you can come to a church like this and you can think, why church? Or what is church? And I really wanted to help you with that this morning and I want to talk about why we gather. Because sometimes we lose the essence of church because we don't understand the why. And this morning I wanted to talk to everyone about why we gather. And God's given us a beautiful gathering place, so it must be important to Him. But I wanted to read the scripture to you. But before I do, in the very barest sense, the church is God's base of operation in the city and in a region. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church. I want to say this morning, this is not Brian's church or Lynn's church or Julian or Heidi's church or anyone else's church. This church is the church of the living God that belongs to Jesus. It's not about a denomination or a name over the door, especially as we move forward from here in this year 2021. Jesus said, I will build my church. And if he is building the church, the city can be reached. This morning I want to give you a very clear instruction from the word, because we are entering and at the beginning of a very... Well, this time I only ever pass once, the year 2021. And last year was crazy. And, uh, you know, it was funny because the Lord, about this time last year, gave me a word about this being a year of the unprecedented. And, you know, from that day on, it was like every time you would listen to the news, you'd hear the word unprecedented. Until people said, let's bring back the precedented. I'm sick of the unprecedented. But what's 2021 going to be like? What is the new normal going to be like? Yeah. Let's have a read from the scripture. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19. 
Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. That's talking about what Jesus did for us. But the next part's very interesting. It says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, and so much more, as you see today, approaching. So a couple of things in here that are very powerful. It's all power packed. But here it's saying, don't forsake the gathering together, as is the manner of some. Do you know what this morning some people are not involved in church? Some people are not going to church. And it says especially the more as you see the day. I talked a little bit last year about what the day is. The day is, the day of the Lord is when the Lord begins to intervene in the affairs of men. And I, I don't know, you know, uh, what you see, but when I look at our world today, I see a couple of things happening. I see the day coming. It's the day of accountability. You know, some might say it's the end. I don't know. You know, every generation since Jesus came into the earth, every generation thought, this is the last generation. So we don't want to think about that too much. But in every book of the Bible, there is reference in some shape or form to the day. For instance, God spoke to Noah and said, build an ark because something is coming. There is a day coming. And you know, when the day comes, it's good news if you're prepared. And it's bad news if you're not prepared. In other words, Noah was regarded as an absolute fool in his generation until it started to rain. But you know, the Bible talks about the end of the age and the days being like the days of Noah. I believe that God is doing something. God wants us to respond to His Word and not to our own personal preferences or priorities. So when the day comes, in this day ahead, because it is like the days of Noah, it is going to be good news for some and not good news for others. You can see it. You see something's happening, something is changing. And everybody is looking for this new normal. Let me tell you, it's never going to be normal again. Because there are powers at work. There are people pulling strings. There are principalities and powers. There are spirit forces.
But God has a plan. And his instruction to us is, don't forsake the gathering together as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. The biggest problem that people have is sorting out the why. And, uh, you know, I was talking to uh, someone just this week, I just can't remember who it was, but I was, I, I, was, I was talking to Peter last night about my, you know, how God gave me a revelation of the church. I went to church as a young person every Sunday, but I didn't have a revelation. Then I received the Lord yeah. on a honeymoon. And then one day I was just mowing the lawn in Wodonga where we lived. And all of a sudden God unlocked that scripture to me and he gave me a revelation about his plans for the church. And how I should fit into that. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, he said to the apostle uh, Peter, who was Simon Barjona at that time, he said to him, Peter, I'm going to build my church. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against them. I want you to know this morning that Jesus is building this church. And this is not the only church. Because everywhere, in every community, in every nation this morning, people are lifting up holy hands with a genuine heart. And Jesus is right there building that church. In fact, even in this city, there are other fellowships just like that. Jesus is building his church. The church is the visible connection point with an invisible God. Can you hear that? The church is the visible Connection point with an invisible God. I've been a pastor here now for uh, 28 years. And our church has been largely invisible during that time. Oh, they're the guys down there in the, in the industrial you know, uh, area in Wayne Court. One day, I did a little bit of a survey with a friend because I thought everybody knows about our church. And I said, do you know where... The Sale City Churches, we were the Sale City Church then. When everyone gets up, too many people get upset when us just change the name. That's how it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we went through 10 people, nine of them didn't know even there was a Sale City Church. But God gave us this building. And he put us right in the middle of the town because he wants this place to be visible. Yeah. Yes. Thank God for that. The church is the visible connection point with an invisible God. And you know, when you come in here this morning, you feel some kind of connection with heaven. Through the worship and through the praise. It is literally God's tactical headquarters. That's what church is. Nothing of God really can happen in the nation unless we have a revelation of the church. I want to give you a couple of reasons this morning why in this day it is very important to gather together. In fact, the Bible says don't forsake it. I didn't write it. 
But this morning, yes. I'm saying this is a really important time in our nation. And God is going to gather his people in to the stables. By the end of this year, I expect to see every seat taken in the stables. We've got 430 seats here. Amen. I expect to see it. I believe that God gave us these stables so that they would become full. And so that like the ark, it sort of looks like the ark could have looked like. Especially when we had the mezzanines. Here is a few reasons why we need to gather together. First one, we must gather together because God has called us here. God's called us here. You know, uh, as I said, I've been the pastor for 20, 28 years, and before that I was the assistant pastor, and in the early days I came to this city and I was on a two-year assignment with the bank. Well, at the end of that two years, I am on my way to Queensland, to the Sunshine Coast, where God will use me to build a mega church. Some stupid idea like that. Do you know it's amazing because quite often God's got different ideas to us. But God called me right here to this city. And you know, I know that when we sat over there and we had that cup of coffee when I was 29 years, I didn't know I was called here. But God spoke to me about this building. I never ever realised that I would be the pastor of it. And that I would spend my, the best years of my life, probably the rest of my years, in sale. I am here this morning because God called me. Yeah. Yeah. Now let me tell you, not everybody is called to this church, but you were called somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And to me, I don't want to make everyone feel like they are called to this church because they're not. But I want you to hear God about where God is calling you. Yeah. Why are you here this morning? Maybe someone gave you an invite. Or maybe God called you here. Julian came as a 19 year old and he came for one year. But God did something in him. Do you know why God called him here? In Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, he said, I press toward the call of God. The outward call. God is calling you this morning. He's calling you. From the minute you walked down that laneway, God was calling you. Even as you got up this morning, maybe even during the week. There is a guy in the church here, a little while ago, about 18 months ago, God said to him, you've got to get to church. This guy hadn't been in church. Hadn't thought of it. Then all of a sudden God spoke to him and then he, he asked one of our guys, where do you go to church? And here he is. And God's raising him up in this place. Yeah. We've got people here that God moved them here from South Africa. We've got a young man here this morning that is here because 
He fled his life of addiction in another state because he wanted to find the God of one of the young men that gave a testimony up here. That's the call of God, the unmistakable call of God. You know, if it was me, I'd be way up there. I'd be retired now. But no, God's got a different idea. I don't think retirement is a, is a good idea at all. I think serving God all the days of your life is the way to go. So we are gathered here this morning because we're called here. Yes. How, can, how can so many people have such a love for the house as what you've heard here? Because God's called them there. I love this place. I love it. You know, I've been a pastor for 30 years. I love a day off every now and again. But when I walk in here, I walk around here and I thought, this is the building that God gave us. It's extraordinary. Why do I feel like that? God brought me here. God called me here. God gave me a promise. And now the promise has become a reality. But now... This is a place where your, the promises that God has given you will become a reality. Number one, we're called because God has called us here. Yeah. Number two, we're called to go co-labor with him to build his house. Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. We don't have to worry about it. And in Psalm 1, 27 or 137, I could get mixed up between those two. I think it's Psalm 127. It says, unless the Lord builds a house, those that labour, labour in vain. Yeah. Do you know what? God's building this house. I have not got a worry in the world. I used to think it was always about me. But it's not. God's building his house. Yes. Who is? Yeah, God. God is. Yeah. But let me tell you, it really helps if you turn up and help. You know, we learned so much. We did the literally the impossible on this building. Literally impossible. Joel Churchill put his hand up and took on an impossible task. And it was impossible. But here it is. You know, someone had, when we were doing visioning, someone wanted four beautiful big chandeliers up there on the roof. And at the end of it, there's no money left. So that was just never going to happen. Not just little chandeliers, but big chandeliers. Three and a half metres wide, two metres high. Well, guess what? In those boxes over there, those chandeliers are in those boxes, all paid for, and they're going up on the roof, roof in the next couple of weeks. I thought in this old tin shed, it'd be amazing just to have some air conditioning. At the start, Joel said, you'll be lucky to get a new roof. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the air conditioning is on the roof. The ducting is going to go in very shortly, and we'll have air conditioning. I'll tell you, everything that we ask for, God's put it there. 
There's one other thing that I asked Jesus for that hasn't been provided for. I want a big spread. <laughs> Full colour, LED or LCD or something. Uh, they put that drum cage there. Drummers like to be a bit of a present, so you just put a hole in the stage and drop him down a bit. And the screen go over there. Can you believe this? But the miracle is, the miracle is there's no debt on this building. It's unbelievable what God's done. And the whole city's going, how the heck did they do that? Well, I don't know myself. Joel came to me one day and he said, I can't see this working. I can't see where the money could possibly come from. And I said, this is what we do. I said, we stay obedient without giving and we trust God. Good on you, Joel, Sarah, Rowan, Joy. Do you know what? We lifted 24,000 pavers in the floor. 24,000 pavers! Moved them out there through that door. Actually, that door wasn't there, so we knocked a hole in the wall. Out into the mud. We dug the floor from one end to the other and redid the plumbing. All volunteer work. You tell me God's not in that. Yeah. I had a prophetic word over uh, me that some people didn't like what I was doing. This is serious. And that, uh, and that they would create an interruption. Well, you can believe it. I don't want to tell you the full story here. It's amazing. But there have been people that walk around in nice business suits with nice smiles, shaking hands with people and giving out brochures that have tried to interrupt this. But the prophetic word was, God's given us a place in this city. Yes, amen. And it won't be taken or shaken. Yep. We're called to co-labor with him to build his house. Number three, we gather to build a habitation for him in the spirit. This is what we're doing this morning. This is why God wants us to gather together from across the city and across the region and across the nations because he wants us to build a habitation in the spirit. Do you know what's happening as we worship and as we praise? We are building a habitation for him. The Bible says God is enthroned on the praises of his people. So we're not just singing songs here. We are worshipping God from our heart the God who provides all things who made all things who holds all things and it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 22 I'll read from 19 it says now therefore you're no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God having been built on the foundations of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, 
in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom you are also being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. Now this is a problem that we've got with the church in the nation. It's built for people. Yeah. But I'll tell you, we know this. God did not give us this for us. Yeah. That's right. It is His dwelling place in the Spirit. What do you reckon of that? God dwells here. Now when you walk into the building, during the week it's empty. But it's almost like he is here. It's just a building. But this has got to be the most wonderful church building in Australia that is purpose built for revival and the move of God. That's what I believe. So we are gathered together and God has called us to love one another and prefer one another and think of the other so he can dwell with so we don't have any backstabbing. We've never had a marriage break up in our leadership. Well, actually, some people made a bad decision. And uh, five years later, but last Sunday, God gave me a prophetic utterance that God would bring a miraculous restoration. Don't forsake the gathering together as is the manner of some, especially as you see the day approaching. The day is coming at us like a, man, it used to be like Bob Dylan's son, a slow train coming, but now it's like a big Mack truck racing down the highway and there is a collision that is happening. And it is a collision between the spirit of the world, the governments of the world and the church of the living God. Do you know what? Our government is passing radical, left-wing, anti-Christ laws. But God's going to turn things around. In churches just like this. Just like this. That's why God's brought you and I here. We are here to be discipled and trained. We're here to gather in the harvest, but then Jesus gave us a powerful mandate and it is a never-ending, never-changing job description for the church. In Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, go into all the world. Disciple the nations. Do you know what? I believe the post-war church in Australia and the West has failed to pick up the mandate because it's been trapped into the God of church growth. Jesus said, I will build my church, so why do I have to worry about that? I've just got to disciple and train the ones that God brings us to be the champions that they're called to be. And I have someone, even at this age, who is my spiritual father, who is my mentor, my coach, my leader. 
We all need that. We are here to be disciples and trained. Our young people are becoming the best. God loves them, whether they come here or not. But every one of you is raw material. Young Levi there. What a great young man. Just finished primary school up there with his dad playing the guitar. Who knows what that young man might be. One day he might leave this nation. Who knows. We will have doctors and lawyers and all sorts of professionals come out of this church. We will have political leaders that are second to none because they carry a spirit of excellence. In Matthew chapter 16, verse 24, you know, it's like in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus said, I'm going to build my church. But in that same chapter, just a little bit further down, Jesus gives the key to making that church work. He says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it. But whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Do you know, when I turned 60, I thought, oh, gee, 60's old. But I got so excited about turning 60. And I, I thought, whatever years ahead, I'm going to radically give them to Jesus. Yeah. Sorry, I'm ready. <laughs> We're here to be disciple and trained. Yeah. Do you know the problem with the church and the nation is we've got undiscipled, untrained leaders who are never able to fulfill their potential because they haven't found anybody that they can connect with them to take them to the next level. It's in the Bible. All through it. Ephesians chapter 4, read it. 4 verse 11. In, in uh, Acts chapter 19, the school of Tyrannus, that became the church where all the believers came in to be trained to go to the next level. One man in, the, in this church is doing his Masters of Education because he believes that God wants to, him to start a Christian school here. There are many, many champions in seed form in this building. What is it that God's called you to do? We are here to go to the next level. Number five, we are called here. We are gathering together so that we can fulfill destiny. We are gathering here this morning. Do you know what? When people come into this church, they are having a collision with destiny. All sorts of people come from, for all sorts of reasons. Good to see Malcolm and Elizabeth here this morning. It's Pastor Malcolm. He used to pastor the church in Warrigal. He's here this morning. Other people have come because they've been invited by a friend. 
Good to see Emily and young David back here today. Someone gave them an invite on the street last week. All of us are here for a different reason, but we are called here to fulfill destiny. There's a song that I, we used to sing in church, don't worry, I won't sing it. But it goes like this, I have a destiny. I know I shall fulfill. I have a destiny of a city on a hill. I have a destiny. It's not an empty wish. Do you know these thoughts possess me? You'd say, oh, you is possessed. I tell you what I'm possessed. <laughs> With vision yeah. and purpose for yes. the next generation. Yes. Yes. We're called to fulfill destiny, not just to come and occupy yes. a cheering church. Yeah. Do you know you have an individual destiny that only you can fulfill? But there is a corporate destiny. And to fulfill our corporate destiny, we need to go further and we need to go deeper. Yeah. Together. The church has been so shallow in the nation where we have reduced church to a place that we go to and visit casually on a Sunday. Yes. And consequently, the standard of leadership in the political area, in the school area, in the family area is shallow. And we've lost our nation all but. God's calling people all over the city and all over the nation right now. The call is going out in the spirit because God has got a plan for this nation and this city. And you may not see that, but I feel that. I'm experiencing that. And you know, this building here is just absolutely proof of it. The way it happened and what's happened ever since. Right across the nation, you know, people are gathering together. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know, I've been asked to lead this group, this Ecclesia group across the city, across Australia. And there's a recognition of what God's doing in this little church. Yeah. Something's going on. God's gathering the remnant because in this day, God is going to begin to turn the nation around. Doesn't matter who wins the election. Doesn't matter what radicals are in power. You know, there's a radical, extreme, antichrist government that is ruling over China with an iron fist. They're burning the buildings down. You know, some people are just disappearing. But the church is exploding. And by the year 2030, China will be the most Christian nation on earth. The persecutions here in Australia. I could be in jail in a month. That's the fact. I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to just tell you how it is. Because Noah stood and he said it's going to rain. 
faith fakes kind of rain. It's kind of rain this year. We call to fulfill destiny in the region and the nation. We are called. Man, God's bringing some good people in here and they're just turning up. And God's clearly called them here. Don't get worried about what you haven't got. What's missing from your life. Don't think you've missed it or that you've, you know, made a blue that is sort of beyond God fixing. God's going to sort things out in these days ahead. We are called to fulfill destiny. You seek him, you go after him, and he'll give you every other thing that you need. Number six, we are here to see our city, our region, our nation transformed. One life at a time. We've got some amazing stories in this building. You grab the leaflet, you take it, the newsletter, and have a look in there. There's some people in there that we just love and are so proud of. I believe that this place is a place where people can come from across the city and really find a purpose for living. Reconnect with their destiny and find a strategy to break through every hindrance that holds them back. That's what City Builders is. That's who we are. This is no ordinary church. This is not just an old tin shed. But this is a city on the hill. And I can say that because I'm not the God of this church. Jesus is. He's the Lord. It's amazing when God showed me that vision when I was 29 years old, 35 years ago, I looked across the street and I saw written, clear, I can't explain this, but I see it so clear, even today, written indelibly on the inside of my head, Jesus is Lord. I was a young guy hardly saved and I saw it. And here we are. And here you are. And here he is. We ain't stopping here. We are just starting. You know, if I fell off the edge tomorrow, there's a generation that are coming up, a generation of champions. Let me tell you, this church is here to affect every domain of society. You know, no longer are we going to see ungodly, flaky leaders put into political positions to pass ungodly laws. We're going to have people like you and you and you and whoever else puts their hand up and says I'm going to be counted Amen I tell you this is what we're about this is a church where lives are going to be put back together and purpose is going to be fulfilled but there's always a starting point there's always a starting point. Yeah. <laughs> it's so simple, but it's so hard. We're on our honeymoon grieving the loss of my niece. 
And we're at a Billy Graham crusade, listening to a guy preach. And he said something that struck my chords. And I grabbed her. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, we're going. Yeah. That's what this church is all about. Yeah. If you haven't done that, my God, you need to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Today, you need to make a start. And maybe if everything's broken down around you, you need to make a fresh start. How good's that? A fresh start. Who wants a fresh start? Who who wants to go, for the rest of my days on earth, I want to serve him. And I want to bear fruit. Who wants that? And this is a church for you. But this is not the only church. And there are churches that meet on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. And you just got to find one that suits you. But if you're not sure, then the odds are that God's probably calling you right here to this city. Because we're going to be here for a long time. Love it, the praise and the worship going out there. And every Sunday, you have new people just wander down that laneway. Sometimes they don't even know what they're doing. You know, one day this woman came here and she had a bag over her shoulder. Not long after we opened, I said, Welcome, what are you doing here? She said, I've come for the market. I said, Really? She said, Yeah, I've got. Berries. I want to sell raspberries and strawberries and blackberries. And I said, this is a church. And she said, what? She's come all the way from Omeo or Orbos. And I said, look, I'm a smart pastor. I said, hang around till announcement time. I'll sell your produce. I'm very smart because at announcement time, I sold half of it. At the altar call. When people were given life to Jesus, she was standing here, <laughs> crying her eyes out. <laughs> How good's that? How good's this building? How good's God? How good's God? How good is God? How good's God? He gave us our beautiful daughter in law, just love her. Heaven's God. God, I pray to see you just come to you. Out of you. No more cold religion. Empty promises. Come, Lord Jesus, come and fill this house. I hope I haven't blown you away this morning. But I know that I was born for this minute. I know that God's raised up this church for now. And I know that God's brought you here for such a time as this. Ready? Ready for your assignment in life?
if you want to serve God. If you want to recommit, you don't have to come right down here. But I want to invite you to stand where you are. Say, Jesus, I love you. I haven't been emotional in a church like this for years. Thank you. 